my adult sausage wasn't running fast enough. <laughs> it's never their fault. It is never their fault. Uh, <laughs> my adult sausage wasn't running fast enough. There's the line the for the promo. The I don't think I've ever said that sentence before. Yeah, that's, I think of it. that's going in the promo. I can guarantee you that. Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, the team is here. Sandy Max is here. So is Greg Matzik, Debbie Lazica. The cameras are fired up. You can always watch the show. We live stream it now, WTMJ.com, or the WTMJ YouTube page. So check it out there. Who had a good weekend? Let's maybe focus on yesterday. I know who had a good weekend. One of my favorite fathers, Greg Matzik. Oh, boy. Had a good weekend. I did have a great weekend. I know weekend. you got to spend it with your little girls, your beautiful family. We had a wonderful time at the Brewers game. So my parents, Dad and I, along with uh, Emily and, and their daughters, were at the games. My girls are eight and six, right? So a lot of questions come out of their mouths when we're at baseball games. <laughs> and my daughter, Kendall, cannot stop laughing that the Brewers have a guy named Willie and Weimer. She thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> also, her big question yesterday is, Dad, she's a six-year-old girl, why is rolling a barrel fun? <laughs> Just doesn't quite get that one yet. That's, That's okay. Awesome. So we had a lot of fun explaining those kind of things to her. <laughs> had a little cookout at my parents afterwards. Uh, but I loved it. But as the, the capper to the weekend, it, my daughters wanted to make my lunch today. Yeah. So that they, they put a sandwich together and yogurt and had some fruit. And, and my daughter said, do not check the top pouch of your little lunch box. Okay. Uh -huh. you, you, it's, it's a surprise. And this morning I pulled out a single marshmallow in a Ziploc bag. Oh, that's so <laughs> that was, sweet. Your sweet like treats. The hidden oh. gem for me after a, a wonderful day. But that's it was fantastic. It's we had a good so time. simple and pure and sweet. It's amazing. I'm it just is. absolutely touched. Like it, you know, Considering the last thing we had in a plastic bag around here was Friday. That was John bringing yeah. in his tick. Which he brought back, by the way, which I'm thankful to see. Yeah. He made it through the weekend. It's still alive. That's in that good. Baggie. Tommy, the tick in yeah. your... Plastic bag. Yeah. So, but to, that just because I saw the reveal when you pulled it out. So sweet. And yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's like it's just one marshmallow in a snack bag. Yeah. Charming. That innocence. she thinks it's very like da da. Of a six-year-old. That's yeah. fantastic. Love every minute. I'm glad you had a good Father's Thank Day. Thank you. That's How what sweet. it's all about. How about yep. you, John? Did you have a good Father's uh, Day? I had a great Father's Day. I talked to both my girls. My girls are 30, 30-year-old 30 twins, and the one is uh, working remote at a whole new level. She's in Europe all summer because that's what they do these days. There we go. So I talked to her from Malta. Which was crazy wow. and fun, right? Yeah, and then I talked to my other daughter in New York City, and I talked to my dad, which was really, really nice. And That's we're all going to be together in Alaska the end of next oh, week, coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah. So it was a very, very nice day. That's lovely. So all the fathers out there, we hope you had a great weekend, and we hope you get every good thing that you deserve. Yeah, and I the... toasted my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Is it a tough day? Raised a beer to him. Uh, the or a happy day. Dado a... passed away in 2015, and I will tell you. And he passed away on Memorial Day. Wow. So, oh, yeah, to have yeah. Father's Day two weeks after that. Oh, yes. Yuck. Uh, the right. year after that, all social media, like, I had to stay off. I, it, it, it Grief did a whole number on me. And this is probably the first year where it was lots of happy, warm, soft memories and uh, purposefully raising a, raising a beer. Um, but, yeah, so this is the easiest it's been for a while. There will always be a dado shaped hole in my heart, but... But yeah, ooh, I know how much you adore grief your will dad, drag so you through, man. So if you're going through that, um, my heart goes out to you, and it will, as they say, get easier. And it's okay to honor someone without absolute, because I think that's part of the hard journey of grief is when you start not being gutted, are you really honoring that person's memory? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and you are because they want you to be happy. That's a so, great way to look at it. Yeah. You're right. That That's my two cents of my Good. experience. So, yeah, like even it. if you don't have your dad around and if you do, though, hot damn tamale, give them a call, give them a text. You'll never regret it. Up next, this guy's a dad. I think Link Rindle has like uh, 13 children. <laughs> yeah, they spend a lot of time in our yard over the weekend. Yeah, they too. do. Greg's neighbor, Lane Grindle, <laughs> Brewers broadcaster. Is he trying to build his own uh, baseball team? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> They're close. He's up next on WTMJ. Now batting for the Brewers Radio Network, play-by-play announcer Lane Grindle. High fly ball, deep right field. Rowdy Telez has done it again. On Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, let's bring in our guy. He is Lane Grindle. Hello, Lane. What's going on? How we doing? Excellent. I'm glad for your sake you got to be in town for Father's Day. That is really nice. A nice early baseball game yesterday. How'd you spend the rest of Father's Day? What'd the Grindle family do? The Grindle family made their way to Barron Park because uh, young Luke Grindle played in the championship game of the Father's Day showdown Mm. last night (laughs) uh, alongside Brock Levering. So the Levering-Grindle duo brought home the hardware last night. Nice. It's a big win, right? Big win? It was a big win, yeah. They had to battle their way back to win the tournament this weekend, and every kid on that team played a big role. It was a lot of fun. At that age, do they play positions, Lane, or do, I mean, consistently, or do they rotate them all over? Uh, they'll rotate them a little bit, yeah. Um, you know, you get um, into these tournaments, and even though it's seven- and eight-year-olds, the, the coaches want to win, yeah. the players want to win. So they, they will rotate them um, maybe a little less sometimes as you get uh, a little further on in the tournament and you see uh, a chance to win it. But, um, yeah, they'll, they rotate them around. I mean, um, my kid played catcher and short and pitched at the end of the game last night, so they get to play multiple positions over the course of the game. What I think is great, John, about these games is that, that – Lane and Jeff really never break character, and there they are positioned in the bleachers right behind home plate. <laughs> and as the pitch comes in, they, they're going through, they're kind of staying sharp, right? Yeah. When they're off duty, they're still on duty. If and you're know keeping what I'm the saying. book, the whole thing. Oh, they got everything you know, going on. Guys, it, so this true, Jeff kept a book last night during the game because Brock asked him to. <laughs> yeah, he did. So that's a true story. He kept a book during the game last night, and he, he brought out the book, and we, we were sitting right behind home plate next to each other, and I, I looked over and said, you're going to score this? And he said, Brock asked me to do it. I said, no, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's really good. nice that you're doing that. So, Where does Brock so play? So that was neat. Uh, Brock plays all over, too. He plays some first. He played some second last night. He pitched last night for uh, an inning. Um, so they, they, they both move around a little bit, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and you're right. You know, Jeff and I don't call as many games together anymore, so we make sure we call those games together when we're sitting there so we, so we can fall right back into our routine when we're on the Brewers radio network together Yes, uh, here coming up on this next road trip. Well, I, I think it's a nice touch that you bring Kent along, too, so he's handing you live reads and hot dogs. He, he's right there with you. He, you know, he goes everywhere with us. It's, he's so dedicated to this broadcast and trying to keep it sharp. And uh, where would we be without Slammer? Oh, that's so yeah, good. A lot of victories over the weekend. Good stuff. Uh, you, whether your kids or the Brewers, everything you called turned out to be a win. Baseball was really fun this weekend. <laughs> it was great. Um, the team to to come in and, and sweep the Pirates like they did it was it was needed and it was just great to see them especially yesterday come from behind and and win a game like that uh, I thought was a great sign for this team and always good when you can get a sweep and then hand the ball to Corbin Burns to start up the very next series even though the Diamondbacks coming in are playing uh, really good baseball and this is one of the better teams in the National League right now.
The only struggles I saw over the weekend were from the sausages, because uh, the adult sausages all <laughs> fell down. That was uh, headline news. And then they had the little sausages on Yesterday. Sunday, yeah. uh, and the poor Italian took a digger. That was oh, rough. That was bad. Oh. I was, I, when the adults went down, I um, laughed. You know, made sure, but it was good. But then I laughed. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. I laughed. I held my breath for a while when the little ones went down. I mean, you always are hoping everybody's okay, and you never want to see tears at the end of the sausage race. It's supposed to be the memory of a lifetime, so I hate to see the little guys go down. And it was like slow motion lane. You could see the little ones' yeah. feet were moving too fast. Oh. They was getting top-heavy, and, uh, 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 and then it went down. But yeah, popped up, yeah, though. It's, he seemed okay. It's, that, that thing gets... My kids have run in the sausage the mini sausage race a couple of times and i mean it's competitive if they don't there's a lot of excuses if they don't win well i didn't get tagged in time or my right. my adult sausage wasn't running fast enough <laughs> it's never their fault it is never their fault uh, my <laughs> adult sausage wasn't running fast enough there's a line the for the promo the i don't think i've ever said that sentence before yeah that's, I think of it. that's going in the promo i can guarantee you that it's already marked oh good stuff Hey, uh, injury standpoint, uh, Brewer's getting healthier here. I've seen some news on Brandon Woodruff that he might get back soon, but I'm wondering if it's a pre-All-Star game thing or likely after. I think it's likely after because he's going to need a, a full buildup, um, very similar to what he would. I mean, you're probably looking at, I would say, close to four starts for him in the minors before he could get back to the big league um, level again. So I, I think you're probably looking at post-All-Star break with Brandon, but he is – you know, making progress and getting himself to that point where hopefully he can have a huge impact down the stretch for this team. And, of course, getting Wade Miley back this weekend was a big deal. Uh, that that was really big. Matt Bush is trending in a good direction in AAA right now, too, where you could see him back in this bullpen, I think, at some point in the near future. So um, some really good things there. They got Jesse Winker back earlier this week, and he got a hit yesterday and drew a big walk as well. So uh, hopefully this team getting a little bit more healthy. And they're also getting a little healthier in the minors, which is something to pay attention to. Sal Freelich is back in AAA, and he's hitting, and that's a guy that if he can put together a solid couple of weeks, I think is another guy you could see after the All-Star break if he plays well. So three games against the Diamondbacks, rounds out the homestand. I was looking ahead here. The All-Star break is actually a little earlier in July than usual. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like maybe like a three-week race, and then sort of see where the dust settles here. That's always a great check-in point on this crowded division to see if there's any separation. Yeah, it's it's it is earlier this year, Greg, and you always look at where the All Star break is. One of the first things you do when you get the new schedules, where's that All Star break? Because it's a great four days where you can just exhale a little bit before you get back into things again for that second half. Um, Thursday after this series is over is the last off day before the All Star break for the crew. They go on the road, come back home, and play the Cubs over the Fourth of July, and then wrap up with the Reds, and then here we are. At the break, and it, it seems wild because when you're in it like the Brewers are, and like every team in Major League Baseball is in terms of being in it every day and, and coming to the ballpark every day, it goes so fast. And it feels like we were just at Wrigley opening up the season, and here we are almost to the break. And the break is past the halfway point. I mean, tonight's game number 72. So on this next road trip, we're going to hit the halfway point in the season, which is also really hard to kind of process. He is Brewers broadcaster Lane Grindle. Lane, we love Mondays. Always good to have you with us. Thank you so much. Love being with you guys. Absolutely. He is such a good sport. And you're his neighbor. 
<laughs> Grindles are spending a lot of time in the yard over the weekend. Yeah. There's something just very fun. fun about that. <laughs> Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. And isn't it ironic? The Broadway musical, based on the music of Alanis Morissette, is coming to the Miller High Life Theater next month. The show, like her 1995 album, is called Jagged Little Pill. WTMJ's Vince Vetrano spoke with the music director for the show, who's also part of the eight-piece band that cranks out all the music live on stage. show is called Jagged Little Pill, so am I to assume that we're getting all of the Alanis music, right? You are getting all of the tracks, all, all yes. 12 tracks, and uh, you are also getting um, some bonus material from later albums that are a little less known and less uh, popular, because of course it's hard to be more popular than Jagged Little Pill. And then we have a couple of songs that Alanis wrote specifically for the show. Talking with Matt Dobler, he is the music director for Jagged Little Pill. It comes to Milwaukee in July. So that was my next question, though, Matt, is even if you know the music, what is the story? What's the book? What story are you telling? Uh, the scriptwriter Diablo Cody, who just did a brilliant job, she looked at the song Mary Jane, which is on the album, and said, and worked backwards. You know, she said, what? Who is this person? Who is Mary Jane? Who is this, you know, being sung about? What happened to her? To, you know, that would make the song and the lyrics, you know, make sense. And so she created this story of a, of a suburban Connecticut family headed by Mary Jane, who's, you know, the typical, what you would, you know, might have called sock mom, somebody who's just does everything and is, is in control of everything, um, runs, runs the ship and isn't taking care of herself as a result. What's the matter, Mary Jane? Blessing or a curse, Matt, that audiences are coming in very well-versed and already having a relationship with the music, and then they're there to hear your presentation of it. <laughs> well, it is probably a little bit of both, but I, I, I wouldn't, you know, curse anybody or, you know, feel like that because... People do sing along sometimes. It is not supposed to be a sing along show, of okay. course. You know, we're not, right? But, but people can't help themselves. I sit sometimes, sometimes I'm watching the show in, in the back, you know, to take notes, and my associate conductor is conducting, and, and I just hear people singing along to Ironic, you know, like once the chorus starts. It's like Jagged Little Pill, July 28th through the 30th at Miller High Life Theater, papstheatergroup.com for showtimes and tickets. It is 443 at WTM Day. It is Juneteenth Day. A little bit of history and our good friend Tori Lowe from 1017 The Truth. That's up next.
It is Juneteenth Day today. Big celebration. Milwaukee hosting one of the oldest in the nation, the oldest parade. It's quite a special day here in our community. Shaka Smart is the head coach for Marquette University Basketball, and he spoke a little bit on Juneteenth's meaning to him and Marquette Basketball's role in the Milwaukee black community. It's a celebration of our community. It's a celebration of how far we've come. Uh, I think it's also an acknowledgement of the progress that we need to continue to make. But let's make no mistake about it. You know, any points of pride uh, that our black community has here in Milwaukee are positive, and we need more and more of those. And if at Marquette our basketball team can be a small part of that, then we're excited about that. Tory Lowe, he's like his own weather system, the way he spins around this building. He's a guy who gets things done, our friend from 101.7 The Truth, 1-4, to four, the Tory Lowe Show. Tory, good afternoon, my man. Hey, how y'all doing? How Man, y'all doing? Thank y'all for having me on the show. We're so honored to have you on the show. So you've been out at the heart of these celebrations today. Tell us what it's like out there in Milwaukee today. Oh, powerful, powerful day. Uh, beautiful celebration. A lot of uh, different co- uh, cultural ideas. A lot of people coming together to celebrate uh, freedom. It was beautiful. You know, Tori, this is about Emancipation Day, Jubilee Day, whatever you want to call it, on this date in 1865, a couple of years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, the last slaves were freed in Texas. But it seems to me, Tori, like it's become much more than that. It's a recognition of that, of course, and we can't forget what happened, but it's become a real celebration, a joyous occasion as families and communities come together. Oh, it's definitely a reminder of our ancestors and what they had to go through And now we're celebrating uh, not only our ancestors, but what we can do to continue the struggle here in America. It's still so many things that we still uh, need to overcome. But yet today is a celebration of the past, present and future. And I think it was just a nice day. God bless us with a beautiful day. And, you know, I'm excited. I was very excited. Uh, The truth is down there. Uh, We were broadcasting live. All of the truth talent. Uh, was down there. We was in the parade. It was just a beautiful thing to see. I feel like one of the fun celebrations, as as it really embraces the joy of this day, one of the most charming things are the scholarships that are being awarded through the pageants of Miss Juneteenth and Little Miss Juneteenth and Mr. Juneteenth and Mr. Juneteenth Jr. I just find that very charming. Well, you know, I judged one of the Juneteenth uh, pageants before, you know, a couple years ago. And those things are awesome. You see a lot of people, a lot of talented people uh, coming forward, uh, being gifted scholarships. I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see how far uh, the celebration of Juneteenth. Milwaukee has one of the oldest Juneteenth celebrations in the United States. So it's just amazing to see how far we've come uh, over the years. Tori Lowe with us on WTMJ. Uh, Tori, you're connected to this community like no one else that I know. When you think about the state of race relations in the city of Milwaukee and think about the future, are you more optimistic or are you more worried? Well, like I said, um, when you look at the political landscape, uh, everybody should be worried, black, white, uh, when it comes to the next couple generations. And, you know, we all seeing a lot of things happen in America that make you want to raise what I say, raise an eyebrow. But I think that we as a people, uh, we have to stay hopeful and we also have to implement the plan. We have to start becoming more solutionary based 
and result-based when it comes to uh, furthering uh, economics, education, neighborhood development. It's just up to us as a people, as a community, to make sure that we're locked in and really aiming to get some real progress in, in today's times. So when you think about things that are going on at the state level and how that trickles down to Milwaukee, I know we've talked about shared revenue and taxes and all of that sort of thing. Are we focused on the right things in Madison as our priorities? Well, you know, I don't like the shared revenue idea as far as we're losing uh, the right to have a referendum. Uh, The people are losing the right to say if they want to be taxed. A lot of times that's taxation without representation. But a lot of people will say, hey, those are your elected officials. Uh, Maybe these people are supposed to have uh, the best interest of the people at at hand. But to me, I feel like uh, many times when you lose certain gains, like uh, where the fire police commission is losing some power, where, uh, you know, we may public schools, uh, private schools are gaining tax dollars. There's a lot of things in there that we know that is not beneficial to the people. And then a 7% tax hike, it's going to be very hard on a lot of people that are living in the disenfranchised community. So, Tori, I'm with you, and I cannot understand how we cannot be going to referendum on the tax questions. And I understand what they're saying. You know why we're not going to referendum? Because they're scared that people will vote no. But to me, if it's too hard to explain why they should vote yes then there's something wrong with that. Let the people right. speak. And and you're right. I'm, I'm like, let the people dictate. That's what they're there. They're there for to serve the people. I really think this was about pensions, you know, in my personal opinion. I believe they made sure they secured their pensions and their family's future because why would you vote no against uh, having uh, monies put into the pension. We all know that there's issues with public schools, even when the budget was okay. Even when we had good budgets, we always had issues with public schools. Uh, we always had issues with the police, uh, things like that. But now it seems like they're cutting out the people from the conversation because, and this is my opinion, that they want to make sure that they get money, a pension, in the end for themselves. That's how I feel about it. All right, Tori, we could talk about this all day, and I love your perspective and your opinion, but I want to get back to Juneteenth and ask you, what's what's your favorite part about today? Well, my favorite part is the food, the culture. Uh, It was uh, beautiful people out there today. Uh, I haven't seen a woman that looked like Cleopatra out there walking around. (laughs) Uh, Elizabeth Brown, I mean, looked like she was a Dayton King Tech, you know what I mean? So to me, it was just a beautiful thing to see. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, what we can do as a community working together. A lot of vendors, a lot of different food items. It was just beautiful to see. A good gathering and a good celebration. And when that creativity happens, you like to think that creativity is going to keep on flowing and hopefully come up with some creative solutions as people get together and hopefully carry this feeling forward. Well, I've seen uh, the police chief was out, you know, he came by and stopped by where we were uh, broadcasting live. Uh, Mandela Barnes stopped over. A lot of the different politics ideas stopped in just to show, you know, respect and love. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we're taking a direct hands-on approach to a lot of these issues. And many times when it's bad, you got to roll up your sleeves and get to work. And I think that we have to answer the call. It's our generation turn 
to be what we uh, want to see. Tory Lowe, it's the Tory Lowe Show, 1 to 4 on 1017 The Truth. Tory, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate you. Hey, look, I love being on y'all's show. Keep doing a great job, and I appreciate you guys for having me on.